all I am and have never hoped to be. Jesus.
fire of your spirit. Consume me, Lord, with the
Hallelujah, Jesus. How marvelous you are, Lord. What marvelous grace. Oh, Lord Jesus, that we were in you, Lord. When you were hanging there on that cross, we were in you then, Lord. We were on your mind then, Lord Jesus. You went to Calvary for us, Lord. You did it all for us, Lord Jesus. How we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Your glory that made the heavens shine, and yet you left it all to become a humble servant of man on this earth. Oh, my, what grace, Lord. When I think of it, Lord Jesus, we just cry out, we love you, Lord. What mercy and what grace that you would come to us, oh, Lord God, that you would step out of that that place where you were into the temple of flesh and come and walk amongst us, Lord. Minister to us, Lord. And give us of yourself, Lord. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. How we thank you, O God, that you condescended in such a marvelous and mighty way. Come in such simplicity, O God. Lord Jesus, you said that even a babe could learn. We thank you, Father. Thank you so much, Lord. You're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. Oh, how we love you, Father. We love you, Lord Jesus. Brother Timothy, it's so good to have you here this evening. I wonder if I could ask you to come and lead us in prayer. I just want to continue to remember... Brother John Drake, and he had the surgery the past few days, and they managed to bring him to Vancouver here, and uh, everything was successful in that regard. And so we just want to continue to remember him, and that God would just raise him up. Amen. The different needs in our congregation. Continue to remember Brother Henry. We're so thankful for what the Lord's doing in his life, and Brother Milko, and the different ones. Just remember, and if you've got a need in your heart, may you raise it by an uplifted hand. Amen. God sees our needs. Amen. God bless you, Brother Timothy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. As the song has been led and saying, Jesus for you and you alone. We bring our plan, we bring, oh God, our ambitions, the hopes, things that we have in heart, but in your mind, he knew us, even at the cross. Father, how we are so thankful to see the saint, the blood purchase, those that we are going to spend eternity with, and we understand the enemy is not happy trying to afflict all kind of diseases and we know these are devils father i pray in the name of the lord jesus christ that these words and the faith that you have given us will go forth and give the answer to each need some are sick we can see them we might not see them but you see them father those have need financial all kind of separation with you. But as we sang, Father Jesus, 
it's only for you. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ for those who are sick. Bring healing, Father. Our brother Henry, brother Milko, and some of them, we can't name them all, Father. We pray that the Holy Ghost yourself will go and touch you more than we can ask. Father, we are expecting great time in your presence as we also ask blessings upon the speaker. He might have laid down some toes, but you take control over him, Father. Even the vocal cords like a microphone and you speak to us because we are tonight for you, Jesus. Bless him greatly and whatever you have for us in store, speak, Father. And we stand here ready to receive. Bless the leading of the songs and the worship and all things that you want us to do for you. For we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Timothy. You can have your seats tonight. just want to welcome you, each and every one. God bless you so much. Sister Fortune's going to sing a special for us this evening. We just invite her to come and get ready. And just uh, also want to greet those that are streaming with us on the Zoom and online. May God bless every one of you. And while Sister Fortune comes, maybe we can sing, Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love Him more and more. Jesus saved and keeps me. He's the one I'm waiting for. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just want to give a testimony to the glory of God. Um, last Sunday, I woke up with a very severe pain on one of my fingers. And I came to church, and after the first service, I came out for prayers. I just, um, I was just reminded of the scripture that said, if you're sick, go to the elders to pray for you. 
And I was actually in the back of my mind, I was just thinking I would take an Advil and everything would be okay. But when I took Advil that night, the pain still remained the same the next morning. And that scared me. But the Lord was just present. And I didn't know that the next night I would be rushing to the emergency. But God was just so faithful and he was just on the scene throughout the week. And the different things I was worried about, but it just happened that the Lord just took care of every single one of them. And at the end of the week, I looked back and I was just so thankful to the Lord how present he was. He, 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 oh, he was, yes. And, um, even the reality that weeks prior to um, this event, the Lord had already made certain preparations that had helped me to just go through it um, seamlessly. So I just really want to thank the Lord because he made it so evident for me that um, the Lord really, really watches over us. So I really pray this is a blessing. Amen. Discouraged. Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? My portion, my constant friend is he, his eye is home, the sparrow, and I know he watches. Yeah. 
our God, how great is our God, and we'll invite our brother Tim to come. How great is our God, sing with me, how great, let's all stand together, and all will see how
God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Jesus, name above every name. Worthy of all praise. Worthy of all glory. Worthy of all majesty. Glory. Glory to the one and true name of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We exalt you, Lord. We praise you. We magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 Wonderful God. Wonderful Redeemer. Hallelujah. Blessed Heavenly Father. Lord, we love you. Lord, we adore you. You've been so good to us. As the sister sang tonight, Lord. You've so blessed us. You've so... You've so kept us, Lord. Oh, Lord, your eyes on the sparrow. And we know you're watching us, Lord. We've seen so many times. So many times, Lord, you've just come on the scene. Shown yourself once again. To you belongs all glory, Lord. To you belongs all praise. How great you are, Lord. We're gathered here tonight. We're gathered in this assembly, in this building. We're gathered in our homes through the medium of of the internet, Lord. Wherever we are gathered, we see, we say, Lord, that the name of Jesus is worthy to be exalted. And Lord, we just come humbly before your throne tonight. You know the needs, you know the burdens, Lord. You, Lord, are the one that discerns the thoughts and intents of every heart. Lord, as we stand in your presence, we might have a a few words written down. A few letters from an alphabet. A few numbers, Lord. But you are the Word. You are the living Word, O God, that became flesh and died for us. You bled for us, O Lord. That we might receive your life. And you immorphe yourself all down through the ages now coming, Lord, into behind the veil of a bride. Lord, we just invite you to express yourself tonight, Lord. If somebody's here or listening in that maybe doesn't have the the attitude towards the atonement the way that they ought to, Lord, I pray, Father, you, that you'll quicken their faith. Even as Brother Timothy is expressed in prayer. Lord, that you'll quicken the faith. Lord, for the promise has been made. The price has been paid. All you're waiting for, Lord, is our faith to take a hold of it. Lord, may you just quicken that, Lord, this evening. As we know, faith comes by hearing your word. Take this service the direction that you want it to go. Just have the preeminence, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn together to the book of John, chapter 21. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, Brother Nathan, for leading songs tonight. We appreciate that very much. And uh, everyone that gives themselves to minister to the body and is part of the body which every joint supplies to the body. And uh, 
greet you all in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good to see everybody that could make it into here tonight within the constraints of the numbers. And by faith, that number is going to increase in a few days. Amen. By faith. <laughs> Amen. We're believing. And, uh, and there's going to be more in this house giving praise to God. Amen. Look forward to that. Amen. John chapter 21 is, uh, of course, the last chapter of John, the Gospel of John. And, and uh, we find here Jesus uh, supernaturally once again giving them a, uh, a, a drought, a draught of fishes. Uh, and as he was expressing himself, as he would to a fisherman. You know, as the fisherman, Peter was in the boat and... Uh, you know, uh, he as a fisherman would know what a great miracle this is. And, and so Jesus was ministering to him. And it's interesting because then they come to shore and Jesus has prepared a meal for them. And there is a fire there. And, and I don't know if it's uh, particularly struck Peter as significant. But the last time he was gathered late at night around a fire, he denied the Lord Jesus. But now he's receiving a renewal of the commission that the Lord has given him. The Lord is faithful. And, and so uh, uh, as, as, uh, as he begins to minister here to Peter in verse 15, he says, So when they had dined, it says, So when they had dined, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Excuse me, I don't even know why I'm emotional, actually. must just be the near presence of the Lord. I trust you feel His presence this evening. And so He says to him again, and He says unto, he says to him, Yea, Lord, Thou knowest that I love Thee. And He says unto him, Feed my sheep. And He says unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and Another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Then Peter turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which of course was John, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that be... And, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? That's what John had asked the Lord when he was leaning on his bosom. And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, 
what shall this man do? And Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Amen. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. There's many different directions a person could go in this one particular passage of Scripture. Jesus speaking about love, and and uh, uh, maybe I'll start there. But I want to take my title actually from verse 22, uh, maybe a strange title for a message. What is that to thee? What is that to thee? Now... As Jesus began his, uh, I'll call it recommissioning of Peter, renewing of the commission, God never takes away something that he gives us because God doesn't make mistakes. When, when he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, that was the best thing he could do. That was exactly what he wanted to do. He knew already Peter was going to deny him. He knew already what, what depths of sorrow that Peter would go through and, and, and Peter in his zealousness and how he would end up in very much doubting himself. But now Jesus comes to Peter and says, Peter, he says, do you love me or lovest thou me more than these? And really the context as I was reading this and the context of it is, is actually Jesus saying to him, do you love me more than these others love me? Not do you love me more than you love them. He's saying, do you love me more than these others love me? And so it's, it's an interesting statement in the context that he makes the statement. And, uh, uh, and I begin to think, you know, as a father, I don't know as a father... That uh, uh, whether a father can love one child more than another child. Okay. And I was, it was interesting because I was just talking to a neighbor the other day and, and they were, we were talking about children and, and, uh, they have some teenagers and, and, uh, they, they are going through the teenage years and, and the things that go along with that. And, and she was expressing to me, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, what she was trying to explain to me what children go through. She didn't know who I was. And, uh, I, and, I, and I said to her, I said, uh, you don't want to know how many children I've had. And she says, oh, she says, okay, how many children do you have? <laughs> I said, I have 10 children. And, and she had to, of course, take her breath for a moment there and, and recover herself and, and realize that, you know, I knew what she was talking about. I knew that one will be different from another and a boy will be different from a girl and, and, you know, a relationship of a child to a parent will be different one from another, but as a parent, you don't love one more than the other. You, there, some are more independent and some are more dependent and some stay at home longer and others move out at the first opportunity and, and there are some that uh, are born at the beginning of the line, at least those of us that have a big family, they're born at the beginning of the line, and so they have to grow up quickly because the ones coming behind them need mom's attention. 
And so the, the, the first few that are born become a little bit more mature, a little bit faster. And so there's a different uh, personality and a different relationship between the children and the parent. But I can say as a father, I can't honestly say, I, I can't say in any way that I would love one more than I would love the other. Though, though one might be more agreeable to my personality and another might be more disagreeable to my personality. Some might be outgoing, like, like maybe their mother and some might be a little more introverted, like brother Tim is. And, and so that you get different, uh, relationships developed amongst your children. I'm sure every parent understands that. It's nothing new with parents and, uh, but yet in the midst of it all, I would honestly say I love each and every one of them exactly the same. I would give myself for any one of them. Uh, I would lay my life down for any one of them, without exception, no matter where they are, no matter what kind of a life they're living today. You can never forget your own children. Can you say amen to that? So the next question that follows is, can a child love a parent more than another child loves the parent? Is it possible for a child? You know, Peter was always expressive of how much, I don't know if he termed it in the words of love, but how loyal he was to the Lord Jesus. Of how dedicated he was. That no matter what anybody else did, he'll be there no matter what. And, and of course we know that even in the last week of the ministry of the Lord Jesus that Peter says, You know, as Jesus is explaining to him in John 13 about things that are going to befall him. And Peter says, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him and said, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And Peter says unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee? Now I will lay down my life for thy sake. He was, he was determined in his own human emotion and relationship and appreciation and revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter, Peter knew and was determined that the Lord was, was, uh, the one and, and Jesus answers him then. He says, will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. My. So now Peter's expressing, expressing his, his fervency for the Lord Jesus Christ, but Jesus simply responds, and if I can say it this way, no Peter, you're like everyone. You also will forsake me. And all men forsook him. Amen. All fled from the scene as, as Jesus was led to Calvary and crucified there and gave his life willingly. Not, not because he had to, but because he willingly gave himself uh, to shed his blood and to die that the life of God could come into the believer. Praise be to God. And so, so there's this expression here. And now that Jesus now comes expressing to Peter, uh, as he says, and so there's actually a, 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 an undertone to this statement when he says, do you love me more than these? He's asking Peter a statement. He's, and he's really bringing something real to Peter. And I, if I say it this way, do you think you love me more than the next person? Do you think that, that your love for me is greater than somebody else? 
And I'll, I'll have to answer for Peter tonight as Peter said, Peter didn't say he loved him more. He just said, Lord, I love you. And that's something that we all can say is, I can't say that I love the Lord more than brother Nathan. I can't say that I love the Lord more than brother Tom or, 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 uh, brother Joe or anybody else here. Sister Sharon, whatever it might be. I can't say that I love the Lord more than you, but I can say I love Him. I can say I love Him with all my heart. I can say I love Him with everything that is within me. There's something that, that moves me and that has brought me into a reality of a relationship with God that, that is, that is incomparable. If I can say it that way. I cannot compare my relationship to God to your relationship to God. But I can say tonight, I have a relationship to God. And I trust you can say tonight, you have a relationship to God. The only ability... We have to love God is based on what God puts in us. When the Holy Ghost comes in, when the believer is born again, when there's a transfer, a quickening of the seed gene by the incorruptible seed of God, when, when there's a true revelation of Jesus Christ personally to us, I'm just using all the expressions. When, when that becomes an individual personal reality, then comes the time we can say we love him because he first loved us. God drops his love or the Holy Spirit within our hearts. It comes from the realm of perfect love. And I can say that the seed gene which came from that realm originally, that that same seed gene can truly express itself when the love of God comes in and quickens it. And I can say furthermore that the seed gene is actually then fueled by perfect love. The seed gene is fueled by perfect love. It gives fuel to the expression that God has called me to be personally. And it gives fuel to the expression that God has called you to be personally. And so there is a fueling of it by the Holy Ghost. There's a predestination always in us right from birth. God watched over us. He knew that as he, as he allowed and led our life down through the world before we ever knew him, he was watching over us. He gave his angels, guardian angels to watch over us because he knew there'd be a time that his word would come by our way and it would quicken that predestination within us. Can you say praise be to God? Brother Branham says you all knew it that way. I think it was in Christ the mystery of God revealed it where he talks about, you know, you just went from this church to that church and you tried this and you tried this, but all of a sudden one day you came to the truth. God knew you'd be there. It would quicken that representation. We are not just mortal beings. There's an eternal creature that we are that we didn't realize we were until the word of God quickened us. And God quickening us, a deep responding to the deep that lays within us, it has to bring a reality of a supernatural expression out of our lives. Let me say it that way again. It has to bring a supernatural expression out of our lives. There's no choice because the seed gene comes from the eternal and the quickening comes from the eternal. We could say the omnipotent seed gene, the omnipotent eternal. When two omnipotents meet, something has to happen. 
There's a reality of an expression. We're not just here because we're religious people. That's why it drives me crazy when people talk about all oh, these religious people in church and you know these things and they want to get together. It's got nothing to do with being religious. We are the offspring of God. We have been quickened by the word of God. And, and I'll, I'll just say we are not subject to the laws of this land. Though we give ourselves to the laws of this land just as Jesus did. Are you with me on that? All right. So without God's love expressed to our heart, that seed gene is impotent. It's laying there. It's just a deep calling. It's an emptiness that is yearning for something. It must have the deep responding. And when the deep responds from the eternal, that Holy Ghost, God Himself, it doesn't matter whether you want to call it light, as Brother Branham did to the woman at the well, Whether you want to call it love, as Brother Branham said, that's what the angel told him. This is that which you preached was the Holy Ghost. This is perfect love. It doesn't matter whether you want to call it the Word, the incorruptible seed gene of God, because it was the Word that became flesh. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. All right. So whatever expression you want to call it, it's still the same. There's a predestination in here that is quickened from another realm. And that in turn gives a reality to an expression that then we can say, I love you. Lord, I love you. There's Peter there, sitting there. And, and I don't want to go into the Greek and everything of, of what, of the words that Peter's using and Jesus is using. It's, you can go study that on your own. But there, Peter is trying with all that is within him because he doesn't have the Holy Ghost yet. But he's trying to express that, Lord, I do love you. There's something in me that says this is it. But even he hadn't even been quickened by it yet. So I would even say to somebody here, if there's something in you that's saying this message is it, but you haven't been quickened yet, you just stay with it. Because God will quicken you. You just get to where God is and let that supernatural quicken the seed gene that's registering in your heart that says this is it. And then let that bring the expression of the eternal out of your life. So when it comes to God, we love Him because He first loved us. And when we come into relationship with Him, to truly be one with Him, quickened by the Word of God, it is then a love connection. It's not a connection by fear, although we do reverence Him as it's been ministered on lately. It's not a connection by obligation. It's not a connection by learning. It's a connection by love. It's a, it then becomes a love relationship with Him. And God does not love any one of His children more than any other. 
And neither do can we say that we love him more than the next person, even though we might think so. But I'll say his love is eternal and his quality is infinite so that when he gives a part of himself to each and every one of his children, then in turn that quickens that love within their heart because they are a part of him. If, if, if we are a part of God, and I'm just trying to put this to words tonight as I was studying this the last few days. It took me a long time to finally get into the channel, but as I was studying this, you know, it, it, we have to realize that there's a, there's a reality. And I use the word love and, and, uh, you know, that becomes a mushy word to Laodicea, but it's not a mushy word. It's a powerful word. It's the power of God. It's the greatest power there is. And when you become connected to, with God in this channel, the, that seed gene that's laying within you, that becomes filled with the power of God. There, it's nothing but a pure connection. It's the head coming to the body. It's the relationship that always was meant to be. That's why it's likened to a marriage union. And that when you find that right one, it's like, oh, this was always meant to be. And, and it just fits together so perfectly. Well, that's exactly, even if you multiply it by many times, that's exactly how God is with each child of God. You were meant to be connected to God without reservation. We look at our own, like I've already ministered, we look at our own imperfections. I... I Every time I listen to a message, every time I, I hear Brother Branham speak or, or hear of something that God did in his ministry, I, I, I always get on my knees with excuses. Lord, I'm sorry I can't be more like Brother Branham was. You know, he was just such a wonderful servant. I don't know if anybody else feels like that. But I, I feel like that all the time. Lord, I'm sorry for what I am. But what I am is yours. You know, I, I like the Seraphonician woman. I may be a dog, but I'm your dog. And, and, and that's all that there is to it. So what Brother Branham says in, the, in several places, but I'll read from one place, 1956. Are you still with me so far? He says, we are given gifts by measure. Christ was given the gifts without measure. Is that right? He says, we, yea, he had it without measure. But yet, for the gift that was in Christ is like the whole ocean. And the little gift here would be, would here, the little gift here would here would be like a spoonful of water out of the ocean, never be missed. But yet the same chemicals that was in the little spoonful there is in the whole ocean. Okay? So he's talking about the same characteristics. And he says, it's just the same, but not as much. Well, that's the way we are. And when we're yielded to the Spirit, it's the same Spirit working through every gift in the church. Alright, so God gives you a little spoonful. He gives me a little spoonful. He gives each one a little spoonful. And we can say, well, I just have a little spoonful. And compared to the whole ocean of the greatness of God, it's so insignificant, but it bears the same characteristics of the entire ocean. The same omnipotence. That's why there's enough power within you to speak worlds into existence and go and live on them. 
Because the same omnipotence that is in the whole ocean is the same omnipotence that's in a little spoonful. The same power of the love of God in the whole ocean is the same power of the love of God in you. That's why there's enough in you by the Holy Ghost to bring your body subject to the Word of God. There's enough power in you to take you all the way to the fulfillment of every promise in your life. If we'll just yield ourselves to the revelation of the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to bring us into the fulfillment of His Word. Praise be to God. He wants to fulfill His Word more than you want Him to. Because he is the word. That's the expression of himself. As you'll see as we, as we go along. So John. John was an expression. John who wrote it here. We see two people in the picture here. Peter and John. John was an expression seed of God. Just as Peter was. Absolutely was a seed of God. And so are each one of us. We're exactly a seed of God. Just like Peter. Just like John. Just like each other. And neither one could take the other's place. Can you say amen to that? You can't take Brother Tim's place. But Brother Tim can't take your place. Nobody can do that. Everybody individually has a place that God has called you to in the body. And while we are interconnected as a body. Now, I just want to lay some thoughts in here. While we're interconnected as a body, we're not dependent as a body. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you some examples as we come to it. Though we need each other as a body, we do not derive our strength from each other. We derive our strength from God. Okay. But there's an aspect of ministry through the body. So though we are members of one body, each one uniquely supplying to the body... All members of the body are independently connected to the head. It's the head that controls the body, not each member controlling other members. So for example, now when I eat, my mouth does not tell my stomach what to do. My mouth takes the food in and chews up the food. It does what it's supposed to do. It's got teeth and the tongue and... All of those things, and it swallows the stomach, and it doesn't, in turn, relay the message to the stomach. All right, there's your food. Now get digesting it. it doesn't come from the mouth, right? And and uh, and rather, when the food arrives at the stomach, and my 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 son has got this little book, and he loves to explain it, and he, he it's, he's three years old. He says we take food in the mouth and we chew it, and it goes down the esophagus. He's got esophagus. And it goes down the esophagus, down into the stomach, he says. And the stomach digests it. He says, and then I said, that's enough. Thank you. We'll stop right there. And uh, he just wanted to just describe all the bodily functions, just like any three-year-old would. And and so he, he's got it all figured out in his head. But each one receives a signal from the head. Not each one receiving a signal from one another. Though without the mouth, the stomach wouldn't get food. You understand what I'm saying? Alright, so they're interdependent, they're interconnected, but they're not dependent. Alright, and that neither is one more important to the other. Neither is one more important than the other. Where the mouth can say, see stomach, without me you wouldn't get any food. Because then the hand would say, well mouth, without me you wouldn't get any food. Right, but then the stomach could say, 
Well, without me, you wouldn't get any strength. Each one supplying to the body. Each one joined together. Each one providing. There seems to be uh, some that... Uh, are more glorious, I'll say it that way. Paul writes about it and he says, but we bestow more abundant honor on the less comely parts of the body. Is that right? He says, he doesn't say we don't glorify the glorious parts. They don't need any more glory. He says, but rather we, we, the less comely parts, we glorify them. We, we make their appearance more and we appreciate them all the more. So then we have all of this strength. All right. Now, I want you to turn with me to Luke 22, if you would. I know you're wondering about my slow process tonight. He started out like gangbusters, now he's really slowing down. Luke chapter 22. Praise the Lord. Now here we see the disciples in Luke chapter 22. And verse 24, it says, And there was also a strife amongst them, which of them should be accounted the greatest? And he said unto them, The kings of Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But you shall not be so, but he that is the greatest amongst you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that does serve. All right, so recognizing your position in the body of Christ is very important here. Recognizing that it doesn't matter how much authority I have, the more authority I'm given, the more I'm to serve the body. Okay, is that is what Jesus is laying out here. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appoint unto you a kingdom as my Father has appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, now here's Simon again, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. All right, so Simon, the outspoken one, the one expressing his loyalty and love to the Lord Jesus, I'll never forsake you, I'll stand for you. And, and Jesus says to him, he says, Simon, the devil tr- wants to sift you. He says, but I have prayed for you, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Now here's a brother that stands for the Lord, is the most bold amongst them. Matter of fact, he's the one that the Lord is going to use on the day of Pentecost to stand up in front of everybody and declare the recipe, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's the one that God is going to use with the ability that God put in him for that purpose. But now at this time, Satan recognizes gifts in Peter, and he wants to destroy his confidence. He wants to destroy his own understanding of his own position. He wants to destroy. See, Jesus never said this to any of the other disciples. When you are converted, strengthen the brethren. Or he never said to any of the other disciples, you know, I prayed for you that your faith won't fail you. But now he says it to Peter, the bold one, the one that stands out above everybody else. You understand what I'm saying? See, to everybody looking from the outside in, they say, oh, that Peter, he's full of confidence. But that was the one that the devil was targeting. 
He was the one that, that the devil wanted to tear him down and destroy him. But God was not going to leave him in the devil's hands. Hallelujah. God won't leave you in the devil's hands. Though the devil wants to destroy your confidence. He wants to destroy your faith in his word. He wants to destroy what you have come to understand that God is to you. Let me tell you something. God won't leave you powerless. He says, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. Oh, I'm so glad for that. I think sometimes that's been that way in my life. I don't know about you, but there's been low points. But God comes on the scene. He says, I'm going to make sure your faith doesn't fail. I'm going to anoint somebody over here. They're going to be praying for you. I'm going to anoint somebody over there. They're going to be praying. I'm going to put it on somebody's heart. And they're going to pray for you. And you might hear it down the road. You know, you came on my mind. A certain day I was in prayer. I've had it happen many times in the depths of prayer. All of a sudden, somebody come on my mind. And I'll just start praying for them just because they came on my mind. I don't know what they're going through, but God knows. And he's going to make sure your faith doesn't fail. Hallelujah. It's not in my hands. It's not how great my faith is, but God is going to make sure my faith doesn't fail. And he said unto him, he says, I prayed that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And that's when, that's the very conversation when Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And the Lord says, no, actually, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. But I'm going to make sure your faith doesn't fail. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. But when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Do you love me, Peter? Feed the sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed the lambs. Minister to the body. You've got a part in the body. It's not, you're not an island to yourself. You're a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Listen, Brother Branham wanted to move out up into the wilderness his own self. And say, you know what, I'm just going to become, if I'm a prophet, I'm just going to go out in the wilderness like the prophets. And just if God's got a message for me, I'll go and preach it. Then I'll go back out in the wilderness. And God says, you carry on that way. And you'll become what? Not a rich man. Not, Not a great businessman. Not satisfied with your life. Not everything wonderful, you'll have a wonderful marriage. He says, no, you'll, you'll become a bum and your wife will leave you. That's what's going to happen if you carry out that. Because you have a place in the body. And only you can fill that place. So I'm using you to minister to the body. And every one of us has a place in the body. Hallelujah. So Peter could write in First Peter chapter 5. He says... He, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, feed the flock of God which is among you. He's instructing now the elders, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. So here's Peter, received the commission, passing it on, say, listen, recognize your position. And be there. Now, the head controls the body. Brother Branham picks up a thought on Israel as a nation and how Israel 
wanted to become like the other nations. And they wanted to have a king like the other nations. And Brother Branham preaches a message called Rejected King in 1960. And he says, it was a time that as in all times, that people has never wanted God to lead them. Okay. I remember I'm talking about a body, but the leadership is God. Okay. So now he's talking about Israel, but of course he's typing it to these last days. And he showed how that, you know, Israel, they wanted a, it was a time where they, they wanted a one man ministry, but really it was a time where God wanted to, through his word or prophet, wanted to lead the nation. As God said to Samuel, they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. Because really, I'm their king. I'm the one that is wanting to lead them. You're just the vessel that I'm using to bring the word to them. And so, Brother Branham picks up. Let me just read a couple of statements out of here as we press forward. He says, he says we need Holy Spirit leadership, not intellectual men. He talks about Saul. He says they, he was made a captain over the people and all of the different things. He says, when you see someone who says they have the Holy Spirit and begins to separate themselves, seemingly not having the faith, going about trying to be something that they're not, just remember they haven't received the Lord Jesus. Okay, so he says, you see someone try to separate themselves out under some other and take away and, and, and be their own thing. So we've got to have a Holy Ghost filled church full of Holy Ghost filled individuals under the Holy Ghost leadership so that each one in our position can minister the way we ought to to the body of Jesus Christ. And I don't have time to go into the different types of ministry, but I trust you're mature enough to understand. He says, can you see the cunningness of the devil can work on a human being? Instead of yielding himself or herself to the Holy Spirit and listen to what thus saith the Lord is, for a pure life, an undefiled character, for a different life, a peculiar people, a holy nation, an odd acting people. He says, they had rather coincide with the world and act like the world and go to church as some, go to some church rather, that says, that's all right, just act like that and go on. All right. So Brother Branham's saying now, he's getting down to the personal relationship. I'm just laying this in here as we go forward. He's, he's saying now, the, the type of leadership that God wants in the church, and, and God is certainly not doing away with the fivefold ministry, and neither am I, and, and the, he has pastors, evangelists, uh, uh, teachers, pre, uh, prophets, all of those things are in the body, you know, but we're not doing away with that, but what he's saying is that you individually need to find, thus saith the Lord. I'm not talking about you're a prophet. I'm talking about God's leading. You need to hear His leadership. You need to hear from God. And, and I'm, 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 as I'm preaching on this, this is, this is why he, the Lord impressed this. He's been dealing with 
with me on this scripture, though it was just today that I found out why. But this statement kept going around in my mind. What is that to thee? Because Peter was looking at John and saying, what, what, what's going to happen to John? Jesus says, what is that to you? You follow me. How, how is God going to deal with Sam? What is that to you? You follow me. Amen. How is God dealing with Marco? What is that to you? You follow me. Amen. How is God dealing with Brother Tim? How is God dealing with Brother Tom? Well, you'll hear it over the pulpit, I'm sure. But nevertheless, what is that to you? As far as his personal leadership in our lives, you follow me. I'll go further and say, if a thousand fall at your right hand and ten thousand fall at your left hand, you have to be the one that says, it won't come nigh unto me. I don't care who goes this direction. I don't care who goes that direction. Because my leadership is not other people. My leadership is the head. Amen. And I'm looking for thus saith the Lord from him to lead me individually. And he led me to this church. And he led me to this ministry. And he led me to this body. And he led me to be connected. Amen. And when it's Holy Ghost leadership, it's not, as Brother Branham said, it's not some individual disconnects himself and goes off in the middle of nowhere and just says, well, I'm just under my own leadership. That's not God. Matter of fact, I, as I was studying, I, I came across some things that I could definitely say tonight that I won't say. Because someone say I'm saying it against something. And, and I, I don't like to do that. But rather let the individual catch the revelation. God is dealing with every seed gene individually. Amen. And now even that I said that, people are wondering, well, I wonder what he wanted to say. Don't worry about it. It's not about anything in Cloverdale. All right. There's lots of things happening in the world. The two most significant nations we realize are Israel and America as far as end time events. And we see what's happening in Israel. Change of government there now. We see what's happened to America. And if you can figure it out, let me know. I sure can't. And all of these things going on and, and changes and all of these things taking place. And we might get a little bit caught up in the news media because one one some people want to paint it a certain direction and some people want to paint it another direction and there are political moves all over the place uh, of everybody's got a cause whether it be climate or whether it be uh racism or whether it be uh poverty or whether it be uh, uh immigration or whether it be this or whether it be that and everybody's got a cause i just say what is that to you? Follow him. You say, well, this, this, this is something affecting the world. What is that to you? Follow him. Find his leadership. Find thus saith the Lord and walk with him. I could even go into the realms of the message. And, and we appreciate that, that we are, are burdened. For missions. We are burdened for missions. We're a burdened church. And I'll just say, I, I don't think I have to, I'm saying anything you haven't heard before, but I'll just say the reason God blesses the church is be, one of the great reasons is because of missions. 
You forget missions. God says, I'll go bless somebody else. That'll help me find my bride. As soon as you forget about missions, God will move on and, and bless somebody else. So, so we're in the center of something that God has made us a part of. And we are burdened. We have a desire to find the last estimated seed. We want to go home. Oh, how we want to go home. And, and, and in the, yet in the midst of all of that, to worry about situations, whether it be in Angola or whether it be in China or whether it be in, in, in Uganda or whether it be here or whether it be there and, and to be, to be overwrought is what I mean and to be so concerned about something that it consumes us, I can say, what is that to you? Follow thou me. We are burdened. God puts a burden on our heart to give, to, to put in an effort. But yet in the midst of it all, we don't control it. He controls it. He's the one. He, all I have to do is be led of the Holy Spirit. If God leads me to be a part of something, that's exactly where I want to be. But it has to be the dealing of God. Because I'll tell you what, even as someone that, that works in missions and, and these brothers that have worked in missions know this, you get letters from all over the world. I need help and we need help and would you help us do this and would you help support this and whether it be that program or everybody's got a program and I have to operate by this. What is that to me? I follow him. Somebody else's program is not my burden. But if it's God's burden, God will tell me. You understand how that operates? Okay. There's even things that happen. We could go right down to the local church. There's lots of things that happen in the local church. And we thank God for the local church, the local ministry, all of the things that God's doing. We rejoice with those that rejoice. Amen. Those that are married like brother Caleb and sister Hannah, we rejoice. Amen. Those that graduated, we rejoice. Those that have accomplishments in their lives, all the babies that are being born, we rejoice. All of the baptisms that take place, we rejoice. You know, all of these wonderful things, we're rejoicing with everybody that's rejoicing. It's wonderful. There are, and, the, and the Bible says when one suffer, we all suffer. And so when somebody's in the hospital, we're suffering. You know, we can't forget them. You know, we feel for them, whether we can name all of the names, but you know the, the requests that have come across the platform and all of these things. But yet in the midst of all of that, we can't just get consumed with the local church as a culture or a community, but rather I'm here because of him. I'm here because he has led me here and I rejoice with those that rejoice. I suffer with those that suffer, but really it's in his hands. And I want to commit it to his hand. And we, we bear one another's burdens, but we're not dependent upon one another. We're dependent upon him. I hope that's okay to say it that way. And so as much as we're conscious of all of that, of all of those things, we're burdened for all of those things, we're part of those things. But yet, Jesus said to Peter, don't worry about the preeminence I will have in John. Worry about the preeminence that I have in you. We have a great insight into the mind of God because all the mysteries are finished. 
Do you believe that? The mystery of God is finished in the time of the seventh angel. In the time of the fourth Elijah. In the time of Malachi 4. In the time of Luke 17. In this time, we have a great insight into the mind of God. It's the mystery that God had in his mind that he had held back for all of this season of his redemptive purpose being worked out through these thousands of years. But now it's here. But let me just say to each one of us, because I'm going to read a couple of quotes out of Christ's mystery God revealed here. Let me just say, as your brother, if you, if you have any, even just the smidgen of confidence in something that I say, don't let it become a great uh, corporate move, but rather... Let it become personal to you that God has called me to walk in the revealed mysteries of his word. God has called me in this hour that he might have the preeminences in me. Many times, you know, as preachers, we just kind of drop the statement because Brother Brown says, if say he wants to have the preeminences in his body. Well, we are his body, each one members in particular. And in order to have preeminence in his body, in order for my mind, my headship to have preeminence in my body, I've got to have preeminence in my hand. I've got to have preeminence in my foot. I've got to have preeminence in my mouth. I've got to have preeminence in my eyes. I've got to have preeminence over every part of my body. It's not a matter of saying, well, all I really need is the mouth and everything else can just go whichever way it wants to go. No, it's divine preeminence in every member of the body. God has called you to a personal expression of him. A personal expression of him. Let me, let me read it for you. He says, he says, when we see him coming down, Brother Branham in Christ the mystery God revealed. Let me just say it this way before I read this. Christ the mystery God revealed is what the message is all about. Because he's preaching on the seventh seal. He's preaching on the coming of the Lord. He's preaching on the reason there was silence in heaven for the space of half an hour. He says that right at the beginning of the message. If you, uh, you know, I know Brother Thomas said this before, so I'm at liberty to say it. You know, if you've never read that message, read it and read it and read it. You know, you can't get enough out of it because uh, the Holy Spirit is telling God's prophet, go back to this subject that you preached was the seventh seal. And it's important to lay it in there for the church because that's the central theme of the message. Now is the time that the head is coming to the body for the preeminences in the body and in each one of us members in particular. Oh, Lord, take us to that place. Like Brother Bradham said in perfect faith, it means a shaking down for you. It means a shaking down for me. Oh Lord, shake us down until we recognize the seed gene that you have put within us. And we are walking with a sensitive ear and a sensitive spirit towards the moving of the Holy Spirit until God can just take complete control of situations. The preeminences is what he wants. I'll give you some examples here and we'll close. So he says in Christ the mystery God revealed. He says when we see him coming down and living among the church. That's his victory. It shows that he couldn't keep him in the grave. Another place. So the same word moves from the head. 
as the day comes close down into the body, down into the body, vindicating that they are one, their husband and wife. Their flesh of his flesh, word of his word, life of his life, spirit of his spirit. Amen. That's not a theory. That's a reality. Amen. We are flesh of his flesh. We are word of his word. We are life of his life. We are spirit of his spirit. Each one of us individually, particularly. That means for you brothers. That means for you sisters. That means for you young people. Don't let the devil tell you, well, my husband's a good Christian and I'm just following him. That's all I need to do. Well, that's all right if you mean it in the right way. But you need God to have the preeminence in you as a wife. A preeminence in you as a husband. A preeminence in you as a single person. A preeminence in you because he has called you to that part of the body particularly. Oh, I, I can't express it well enough tonight. I'm sorry. But I, what, I, what I'm just trying to get across, and I feel it burning within my heart, is just to say that individually this body cannot do without your expression. Individually. The... The eternal part that you are. There's no one else can take that place. It's God in you. Ministering to the body. Well, I don't really do anything, brother, too. Maybe just the fact that you're sitting here tonight is ministering to the body. Maybe just the fact that you're at home, faithful to the word of God. That's ministering to the body. That's God ministering to you in your home. As I said uh, months ago, you might be the only one that's saved in your family, but you're ministering to that family because God in you is expressing a reality of the eternal. He's real. He's real. He's got a voice. He's a real person. He leads. He leads individuals in just a simple way. Oh, let me just... Let me just read a little bit here. Yeah. 1953, Brother Brown talks about somebody in the church. He says, this little woman over here, when she rose up from the tubercular and the hospital said she was going to die, she walked around here, then she refused. She thought it was fanaticism to come and be baptized. And sitting there one night with a high fever in her home, she could hear me preaching down there through her home. I was preaching on water baptism and she rose and come and staggered her way into the church. And she was sitting right back there and she said, I must be baptized. Great lump had swelled up on her shoulder. Mrs. Weber over here went and got her a robe and come and put it on her. And she walked into the pool with a fever of 104 and was baptized there according to what she promised God. He says, that's been years. And today there she is. Sitting here alive this morning is because God lives and reigns and he rose from the dead. But he's not done talking about her. He didn't stop there. He says, a few weeks ago, her and her daughter was over in Louisville. They were coming down along a street and there was a poor old beggar woman sitting there. And she was begging. She said, lady, please help me. I'm in need. And she looked into her pocket and she had just enough money, 15 cents I believe it was, for them to cross the bridge. And she was walking along and she started walking down the street and the Lord said to her, now when you was helpless, I helped you. And that woman's helpless and you won't help her. 
And she walked on a little further and said, Lord, I only got the 15 cents. How would me and my girl get home? How could we do it? He said, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And she turns back around and goes back and she said, lady, excuse me, I only have 15 cents. Is all I had for my daughter and I to cross the bridge. I give it to you. It's all I got. I'm sorry I haven't got any more. She said, the Lord bless you, my daughter. And she turned around and started walking on. And her daughter said, now, mother, what are we going to do? All the traffic, it would be dangerous to walk that bridge. Said, we can't walk that bridge now. She said, I don't know. He just told me to give it. That's all I had. And walking down the street just then, she happened to look. And her daughter said, oh, mother, look, here lays a nickel. And she happened to look and she said, and here lays a dime. What was it? Just the way he does things. He lets us know that he's here. Who's having the preeminences? He's having the preeminences. He's the one that leads. He's the one that directs. Brother Branham goes on and talks about, I don't have time to go into it. Uh, the message is, go tell my disciples some wonderful testimonies. 1953, April the uh, 5th. I think it's the sunrise service at Easter. And you'll find Brother Bradham sharing lots of testimonies like this. Where he talked about, you know, how that he didn't have much money. And then this one needed money and he gave it to them. And his wife needed some money and, and he gave her some money for groceries. And he ran out of money. He gave his last $5 to somebody and he needed the $5 for eggs and, and so on and so forth. And lo and behold, in the midst of all of that, somebody came by and says, You know what? I promised God if he'd help my 90 chickens lay eggs, I would give them away. And he said, The next day, I got 90 eggs. He says, and so here, Brother Branham, I'm giving you some eggs. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. He's the one that's having the preeminence. It's not us that's figuring things out. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. It's him that has everything under his control. He desires a personal walk as the musicians come. Brother Branham says in, your, in the message, is your life worthy of the gospel? He says, let's stop, pause for a few minutes and have a prayer and think. What day are we living in? Where are we at? In another modern scientific age, we better think. Maybe if you stop, people stop and pray a little while and think a little bit, you'll feel better after you get through doing it. He says a Christian is not a tool or some kind of mechanical wrench in a great big religious regime. A Christian is not some kind of a tool to keep a religious organization moving. That's not a Christian. A Christian is to be Christ-like. A Christian cannot be a Christian until Christ comes into the man and the life of Christ is in him. Then it produces the life that Christ lived. And you do the things that Christ did. And then he says, what am I talking about? Personal relationship to Christ. Personal relationship to Him today. Personal relationship to Him tomorrow. Personal relationship to Him on Friday. 
personal relationship on Saturday. It's not, well, what will so-and-so think if I do this? Or what will so-and-so, that woman thinking, what will her daughter think? I give my last 15 cents to this woman and, and, and she doesn't know, but God's put a burden on my heart to give it to this woman. And now what am I going to do? And the daughter says, mom, now what are we going to do? How can we cross this bridge? But God had it all in control. If it's God leading, God will finish the work. Amen. God will ensure that our faith does not cease. Amen. He says, Christians, oh, you must come and have, you must have a personal relationship to God in order to be a son of God. You must become relation to God. He must be your father in order for you to be his son. My family will tell you I've been emphasizing that at home. There's a reason Jesus said, when you pray, pray our father. Pray it by revelation. Don't pray it out of, out of, ah, uh, what would you say, ritual. Don't pray it because that's just the words that Jesus used. No, come into relationship with Him. My Father, my Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. He says you must come, become relation to God. He must be your Father in order for you to be a son. And only His sons and His daughters are saved. Not the members of a church. But sons and daughters. And the only one thing that will produce that. That's the new birth. The new birth is the only thing. That will produce relationship to God. Sons and daughters. Let's stand. I have a father. He knows my name. Do you believe he knows your name tonight? It's a midweek Wednesday night. You've worked hard. I see some of you are tired. That's all right. You hung in there anyway. I don't, I don't discount your faith just because your eyes are drooping. Sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But in the midst of all that, we fight through it. Why? Because we're in relationship to him. You didn't come here to hear an eloquent speech. I trust not. You come here because you're in relationship. I could feel it when I walked out, Brother Nathan. From the, from the service, right from the special to the songs that were being sung and all of those personal expressions to Him. Is He your Father? He knows your name because He wrote it on His book before the foundation of the world. You're an expression of what was in His mind. That's what He sees in you. It's what He sees in you. Don't worry if nobody else sees you. There's so many people in this church that there's some that I would walk up to and hesitate to speak their name because I might not have quite have it at the tip of my tongue. It just happens. But it doesn't matter if Brother Tim knows your name. He knows your name. Hallelujah. He knows my name. You might be a young man, a young woman. It doesn't matter. He knows your name. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. He knows your name. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, that's the only way you can be humble is when you know who you are. When you know who you are, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You don't have to prove anything to nobody because you know, I have a father and he knows my name. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that tonight? Oh, let's sing that tonight. I have a maker. Hallelujah. I have a maker. He knows my 
still amazing grace that God came by our way and redeemed us and he didn't redeem us for naught he redeemed us for a purpose and he will work out that purpose you see trouble laying ahead I say to you what is that to you follow thou him he'll take care of the trouble He'll take care of the things you don't understand. He'll work out every situation. It's not for you to figure it out. He's already got it figured out. Just let those things go and put them into His hands. Cast your cares upon Him. Lay your burdens at His feet. And say, Lord, I believe you tonight. I believe you for my loved ones. I believe you for my health. I believe you, Lord, that you saw I'd be in the midst of this trial. 
And maybe even tonight, I don't feel like believing you, but I believe you anyway. Because Lord, I believe you called me. And you quickened me by your word. Just commit it to him tonight. And maybe you're not saved tonight. Maybe you need to be born again. Maybe you need to come into relationship with Him. We can have an altar call. That would be fine. We pray with whoever would come. But let me just say this to you. Why don't you just right now commit your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I need to be born again. I need to come into relationship with you. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me. For not doing it sooner. Forgive me for my sins. But I accept you as my Savior. Heavenly Father. You who know every heart. There's no secret hidden from you tonight Lord. Father there's nothing in this place. There's nothing in anybody that's watching at this time. Whether it be even today. Or whether it be a day in the future. Lord you're very present in your word. And Lord, you know the wrestlings of every heart because you're an individual God who wants a personal relationship with each and every individual. You spoke through a great ministry of a prophet, Lord, in this age. That, Lord, we could listen to a message and say, that was spoken just for me. Lord, you're so personal in so many ways. We can read a scripture. And it answers directly to our hearts, Lord. Who can do that but you, Lord? And Lord, I pray that you'll just take the simple message tonight and anoint it to the hearts of your children. Oh God, if I could physically or in any way help them, oh God, if I could physically uh, strangle the devil, if I can say it that way, if I could wring his neck, I would do it tonight. How he troubles your children. But Lord, I pray the word of God would go out. And Lord, that it would drive the enemy from every mind. Lord, he's just a bluff. He has no power. You already defeated him 2,000 years ago. And we accept the promises of your word. We believe that you know our name. We believe that it's written on the Lamb's book of life. We believe every promise is ours, Lord. Quicken our faith tonight, Lord, once again. And bless every one of your children, we pray. We give this service to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amazing grace that saved from that sin and shame to draw
you love him? Amen. Individual preeminence in every member of the body of Christ in a personal relationship. What greater calling could there be? God chose you. It's you and Him. It's not you and me and Him. It's you and Him. Hallelujah. There's only one mediator between God and man. The Lord Jesus Christ. That's all. I don't know. If you do, if you don't love Him now, I just love Him more today than I ever did before. I just love Him. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed that you love me. Because he first loved us. The service is dismissed in Jesus' name.